show it could be epic or it could be disappointing we'll let our guests be the judge of that we're going to kick things off with Matt Layshock, the point man for Pinnacle FC as well as the founder of standthemup.org we're going to talk with Nick Brown we're going to talk with Mr. White Trash himself Bobby Emmons Jeremy Pender and allegedly Mark Cherico is going to join us. I'm not holding my breath. David Crow is going to finish this out tonight before we go to the round table, or Carl Kellum will join us once again. We'll welcome anybody tonight. It's just one of those nights. Sit back, relax. This is a Bluegrass MMA Live. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. <laughs> Fighters first, fans always. The Ohio Valley's number one source for MMA. Broadcasting on the ProMMANow.com radio network. Brought to you by Bangtown Fighters. This is Bluegrass MMA Live. And now, here are your hosts, Juan Valley and Gary Thomas. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're right here with us, and we love you for that. This is Bluegrass MMA Live, episode 175 on March the 20th, 2014. As always, we're brought to you by Bangtown Fightwear. You can support them and support us by visiting bangtownfightwear.com. Look them up on Instagram, follow them on Twitter. Also brought to you by Intimidation Clothing and the Knockout Hour. And we could mention your name, too, for the right price. Just saying. We're going to continue our detailed look at the Pinnacle Fighting Championships card that goes down this Saturday night. Cody Garbert versus James Porter in the main event. But tonight we're going to welcome in Nick Brown. We're going to welcome in Mark Cherico. Bobby Emmons took this fight on eight minutes' notice. So we're going to talk to him about that. We're going to kick things off with Matt Layshock here. In just a few minutes, Juan, what's going on? Uh, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Man, it is a good show tonight. It's always a good show, Juan. Don't discount us. You're, uh, you're right. It, it normally typically is a great show, but tonight it's going to be even epic. better. Yeah, epic. Wait, 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 wait for it. Legend, Dairy. Boom. No. Double syllables there. Uh, we got to wait a few minutes on uh, Lay Shock. Yeah, he said he got a fork right at nine, so. Yeah. Had uh, we known that in advance, maybe could have booked him a little bit later. Come on. Come on, Lay Shock. You should know Who, better than this. Who's booking the show these days? Uh, 
the guy who's getting some guests on the show, that's for sure. I, I don't know who it is, but whenever, whenever we find him, I give him some praise because he's doing a fine job. <laughs> Block Talk just shut down on me. Oh, no. Hopefully that's not a sign of things to come. We'll see if it Yeah, I the studio's dead to me. Uh, well, while we wait on Lace Shaw, uh, talk a little bit about this past weekend. What about um, it? Actually, no. Let's wait to the uh, third hour to talk about it. I'm going to go ahead and get Layshock on the phone now. Well, you're going to have to just tell me when you bring him on as well. I will, and it looks like... Can you hear me now? Yeah. Still? Uh, I think the talk screwed up. <laughs> it's freezing on me. Yeah. Oh. Ah, <laughs> you motherfuckers. Oh. So let's just talk. Let's just, me and you, just chat it out. How you been? You been doing all right? No, no, I've been doing good. No complaints on my end. Uh, life's going good. Um, you know, I, I wasn't expecting expecting this uh, delay here. And uh, it says there's, there's no response from the server. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. I'm just gonna. Um, I'm going to actually call Late Shock here through Skype. So, there won't be much. Uh, see if I can get this done right. Uh, stand by Wyatt. Yeah, buddy. Okay. We're going to get to hear him say hello and all that good stuff. I know. <laughs> this would be the night. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I feel like we're like on Jerky Boys. <laughs> Whatever. Matt Layshock. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing the best. Listen, oh, Blog Talk's living the dream here. Bitch tonight, and we have no, uh, <laughs> we have no studio, so. Oh. Just, okay. We're going at this blind. So, how was work? I know you're just getting oh, off okay. work. It's been a long day. You work a crazy kind of schedule. Yeah, you know what? I'm a, I'm actually still here. I'm walking down the hallway. Uh, I haven't even signed out yet. Just kind of, you know, here uh, turning the wheels of efficiency. That's what I'm. One of my strong suits, if you will. <laughs> and that's a really fancy way of saying I don't make enough of doing anything else to have a real job yet. Ah, <laughs> so, uh, that's awesome. What yeah. so? How do you juggle the work week? That's your your normal job, and then every all your responsibilities with Pinnacle on top of that. How do you stay sane? Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, you know, and believe it or not, it doesn't bother me that much because I'm kind of used to it now. Heading into the what seventh event, um, it all the really stressful like days of really just pining and being worried about all this are pretty much over for me. You might get my moments here and there. Every once in a while, something will happen, or you know, we'll have problems. But in this business, it's so complicated. So many things happen. Price pull out, problems with venues, you know, whatever. Name them all. You, you start getting conditioned to it. At least I did, anyway. And I'm not saying something won't rattle me down the road, something new or whatever. But you know, you start accepting that chaos is the norm. So. You guys have made it look so easy. 
Like I, I can remember right before the very first show and kind of watching you guys grow. And we talk about this all the time. Like you guys have, have had this natural progression to, to make it look easy yet get bigger. And uh, I hate the phrase next level, but you take, you kind of kick things up a notch each and every time. Now you've got the TV deal. You've got David McKinney for some ungodly reason. I don't know why you've got him and Kyle doing commentary, but, uh, I guess they're cheap. Hey, they do a but, good uh, job. They, they, they uh, do. I'll give, I'll, give them a, I'll give them some credit. They both do good. They, uh, I don't so, think they would do good I, by themselves. But together, they're you don't think so? They're awesome. Yeah, there's something about them, those yeah. two together. Like if you listen to the Coyote Ugly show on Wednesday nights, there's something how they play off of each other that just makes things work perfectly. I would never say that to them in person, but they do a good job. Yeah, they have a... They have a good chemistry, I, I will say. You know what? I um, that was sort of a, a kind of a I wouldn't say a gamble, but it was sort of like a hey, we need a guy to do some commentating. I need somebody who knows something about fighting. Uh, I'm not going to bring in. I'm I'm a purist. Um, that's one of the reasons why we are what we are and the way we do a lot of our things. Not just me, but my my people, including. But uh, being a purist, one thing that really bothers me is listening to somebody talk about fighting that knows nothing about it. It just, it just, I can't do it. I can't deal with it. Like, I've been fighting my whole life. So if I'm watching, like, a UFC or, or whatever, a recent promotion, they got a person commentating and they're talking and they're really hyping it up and they have no clue what they're saying, just doesn't do it for me. So knowing how I personally feel about it, I went, you know, McKinney is one of those guys a very rare skill set. Not a lot of people know as much about regional mixed martial arts as he does. Not, I mean, who, who else is it besides you guys, maybe, right? Uh, myself. I can't do it. So, uh, with that being said, um, you know, he, he is kind of like the, the database of, you know, different guys who they fought. I mean, this kid remembers everything, even more so than I do. And then, and I'm not, you know, obviously this great wealth of knowledge, but I know a lot. I know a little bit more about it than most people do also. And then you have Kyle, who is a very charismatic type of guy. And to boot, the kid can fight. So he knows the technical side of things. I think they worked out great. I was kind of surprised, to be honest with you. You talk about your knowledge. Before we talk about your role at Pinnacle, how did StandThemUp.org come about? Well, uh, you know, basically, uh, let's see, what, 2010, in the summertime, I was at a fight with, Mark Jericho fought, um, it was at a Yankee Lake event, it was outside of one of the Quaker Stick and Blues events they do over in Ohio, and, uh, you know, just a, kind of a drunken conversation turned into this kind of idea, and... You know, once I kind of get an idea, sometimes I have to act it out because, you know, I don't mean that in like some kind of weird serial killer way. I just mean like a normal. <laughs> so if I'm like, oh, hey, I'm thinking about, <laughs> if I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about putting this promotional thing together, and then like the next thing you know, it materializes. And it's the same thing with the website was the first thing that really kind of got that ball rolling for me because I, to be honest with you, like five years ago, I didn't even know how to turn a computer on. Never wrote, barely graduated high school couldn't write a sentence, didn't know anything about uh, grammar, still don't know that much, but I know a lot more now. Uh, I mean, if you go back and read some, like, early stuff, it's unbelievable compared to 
where I'm at now. I mean, it looks like I have like a learning disability, which I pretty much did. So, no offense to anybody with learning disabilities that are listening, by the way. <laughs> way to go. Way to go. Five minutes in, you've ostracized the whole dyslexic community. That's right. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, but, you know, but seriously, the way it, basically the way it worked out was once I started, I noticed there was a need for it, I guess. Because uh, I was at the show, and there was a lot of people there. And Cherico, I think it was a 3-0 or 2-0. There was other guys there that had a decent record. And these kids could fight back then. I'm thinking, I can't believe nobody cares about any of this, besides, like, the group of people that are there. It's this typical Yankee Lake crowd. Decent, decent a group of, you know, surprisingly, uh, a surprising amount of people there for what it is, right? Uh, I had a friend I worked with here. He was like, hey, I can make a website. If you want to be the guy, put the content together, put it out there, see what happens. You know, four years later, I'm still still writing on it. So it's like that. Anyway, it's like that bad girlfriend you can't you can't let go of. At least that's how it is for me, almost. It's true because I have I have debated on breaking up with her multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> so how did this well, parlay into your that. role with Pinnacle? Well, uh, it was sort of organic, to be honest with you. I started off covering local mixed martial arts, very much like you guys did. Went to shows, drove around, sat ringside, wrote everything out, you know. Came home four o'clock in the morning, editing everything to beat everybody like McKinney to the punch, right? All that kind of stuff. Make sure my article got out there first. That whole deal, right? I lived that life for a long time. And in that process, I I started learning um, the, the side of how to promote something. I never promoted anything in my life. I never even threw, like, a house party when I was a kid. Right? So I never, like, I've never invited anybody to anything. So I didn't really know. Like, it wasn't natural for me to do any of this sort of thing. So anyway, long story short, uh, I had met Dave Click at the Cage of Chaos show, and, and him and I worked together on just promoting the fights and stuff. I always had – have you ever been to one of those before back in the day? They were awesome. He had, did a really good job of setting the mood. Um, it was always like kind of an electric environment. And I don't know, we just talked about it one day and met up with a couple people that were interested and that could make it happen, and we did. Here we are. You know? I mean, a little, a little more difficult than that, but – that's it in a nutshell, in a 20-minute interview. <laughs> Did you feel at the time, like, I can remember the results of the first event, and, like, the amateur side of it was so foreign to me, just the rules and all that, and the rounds, and it's kind of crazy. But was there, because I know a lot of the amateurs would go to NAAFS or, you know, like you said, Yankee Lake, just they would leave Pennsylvania. And did you feel yeah. there was a void yeah. for MMA? I mean, is that kind of how Pinnacle came about, is that everybody was leaving? Well, sort of. I mean, yeah, they're definitely, you're right. I mean, there was, a, there was a time where I'm leaving work now, so I can talk a little more freely here. I can't, I don't, my boss is sitting next to me looking at me like, what are you doing? Are you talking to something? Or what the, what? Yeah, yeah. anyway, um, at the time when we initially started this whole thing, the amateur rules in mixed martial arts for Pennsylvania were the most restrictive in the country, arguably. Okay. And through some 
political pushing and, you know, whatever. All that kind of stuff that goes on up at the top levels in Harrisburg, all that kind of shit that I don't know anything about. Uh, we were able to get the rules changed with the tiered system. Once that changed, it seemed like there was more of a chance to make this profitable because the problem is you really can't – guys didn't want to fight you. They didn't want to fight you because they didn't want to wear shin pads. They didn't want to – they wanted to punch on the ground. And, you know, Ohio is close enough that they're willing to drive there and fight to avoid these rules. So uh, once that was sort of out of the way, that obstacle was taken care of, we we were able to, you know, get everything up and running. And, yeah, you're like, the, the rules are kind of funky. Like, when you're, if you're not used to it, you see the shin pads and, you know, you can punch to the body but not to the head and all that kind of weird shit. I mean, it's not the greatest aesthetically, but it's better than nothing. And honestly, I'm happy that we have it because I go to Ohio and watch these some of these kids come in that don't really know what they're getting into. They're just kind of like justifying their T-shirt. And then they go out there and get hurt bad because they're fighting somebody else. I think that first three-fight buffer is a good thing, in my opinion, anyway. And now they don't have to weigh in the same day. Is that right? Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it just depends on... I feel on... like this is a story. Yeah. Is it up to oh, the promotion? Oh, wait, say it again? So I feel like there's a story. Oh, wait, I feel like up there's to a story. Oh, well... <laughs> Here's, here's, here's what this is, okay? This, our commission decides whether we're going to weigh in same day or not. And that, it changes every time. I have no idea. Like this time, it's for this particular event coming up on Saturday, weigh-ins are at 9.30 for amateurs the next day. But the last two events, they were on mm-hmm. the same day. Mm-hmm. I, have, and I have no idea why. To both, uh, they, you know, I, I can't figure it out. I'm not even going to try I'll leave it at that. What, what's the relationship like with uh, Serb? That's his name, right? Serb? Greg Serb? Yeah. What is my relationship with him? I feel like you it probably is... have to tread lightly with him. Well, I mean, look, I'm not a guy to mince words. That's sort of, you know, one of my charms, if you will. Him and I have <laughs> had a very unusual relationship. We have been, you know, we have not talked at all. We have screamed at each other. We have buddy-buddied it up after an event. I have no idea where I stand with that guy. Yeah, two years <laughs> into it, I still don't. I probably never will. <laughs> so Saturday. He's not a bad guy. Well, until Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Ask me, on, ask me next Tuesday. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you off the hook talking about serving. He might listen. He might be listening right now. He might be. He, he might be. be like, he's, he has read some articles that I've written about him. <laughs> and uh, you know what? He's not been happy. Hey, I just want to throw this out there. I, I don't want to. I don't want to like be awkward on air. But I can only hear you. Is there somebody else there too? No, I, Juan's not allowed to oh, talk. Oh, okay, cool. Just, oh, oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, he, there's that. no. There's, his his place is just to be yeah. seen, seen and not heard. And hey, 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 now. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> See, Listen. you, you poked him, and there he is. Gosh, go back go back to knitting, Juan. 
listen, Juan, you're you're a good guy. And, and, and you know, he said on Facebook, I, I saw right right before he, uh, of course, right before he calls me or whatever, whoever called me, says that if I don't make him laugh, I'm not getting invited back. So that's a good way to start things off. This is my first interview. I've never inter- I'm, yeah, never been on this side of the interview. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's always awkward for me, but you're doing fine. You're doing well. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know what? It doesn't matter either way. <laughs> if I suck, it is, it is what it is. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. This pro card. You can't be scared to be asked questions, right? Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm enough tangent. I'm a tangent guy. <laughs> I, I'll admit, I don't know much about the amateur side, so I can't uh, speak to it Fine. that much. But the pro side, Jesus Christ, man. This is stacked. Cody Garber and James Porter in the main event. That's going to be huge. Uh, we're going to talk with Bobby Emmons coming up. You've got Steve. You've got Kama Worthy. It's, it's crazy. And these are guys that keep coming back. And let's face it, in 2014, opportunity is everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Uh, and these guys keep coming back. Like, Kama Worthy has, fought, has only fought for Pinnacle since the very first show. And you kept him busy. Like, when you see this being put together, how excited are you, even like as you're embedded with the promotion, but as that fight fan, you got to be like, holy shit, this is going to be pretty cool. Because i got to admit, I'm probably going to get in the car, and me and Juan are going to drive to Pittsburgh on Saturday. I don't know why. Oh, I don't nice. want to ride with him, but this card's well, that good. Hey, listen, you know, it's better than riding by yourself. That's right? true. No, you're, you're right. You're right. And um, honestly, I really always appreciate it. He does a lot of 
weird, dangerous stuff. He's good off his back. He's got great kicks. Um, real unpredictable. I mean, that's the kind of fights that make things interesting when you got a guy like that, you know. We're not bringing in the same type of the same type of people every time. Cody is a is a like a national prospect at this point. Easy. I mean, Uriah Faber sings his praise. I mean, that doesn't happen real often. So, and uh, as for Kama, I could pay to watch that kid fight anything. So, <laughs> I'm just happy to have him on the car. Yeah, yeah, just to just because we know when we have a fight with Kama Worthy on it, something's gonna happen. There's always, you know, as a promoter, that's what you want. You want, you don't want to have these, you know, 15 minutes of guys rolling around for position and stuff. Not saying that I don't respect the game because I spent more time wrestling than I did boxing. But at the end of the day, the crowd's not there to see two guys, you know, struggle over guard passes. He, uh, he wants to know when he's going to be in the main event. Because like he's all, like he's uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Come worthy. Said that? Oh, Thomas said that. When, when did he say that? Last uh, on Thursday night. Says it's, it's uh, oh, after so this fight. He feels like oh, okay. he needs to be in the main event. How do you like? He, I would he, I would hate to even like decide. I mean, because you've got all those fights, and you know, like maybe they should go first is, instead of last. You're right. You're right. And, 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 and he should be. I mean, Cumberworthy is putting on the type of performances and is stringing together the type of career that is main event worthy. I, I would never take that away from him. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, it's appeasing to say things like that. Um, it's just really, really difficult when you're fighting in the same division, in the same gym, in the same cars as guys like Mark Jericho, Cody Garber. It's tough. And I'm not saying that everybody is in equal position, in my opinion. And it, it, you're only as good as your last fight. Coming is crushing it. And he set up again with another big fight. I mean, I, you know, we are to that point where Kamal Worthy is a main event caliber fighter. It just is what it is. I mean, he, he, we've been there, but he's solidified it. I mean, that K over Jacob Butler was, it's, you know, he gets past uh, Morgan this weekend. I mean, we're talking, you know, he's one of the top, top rated featherweights around, in my opinion. It doesn't mean a lot, but it means something. <laughs> That's how I always feel. Like, I feel like my opinion should yeah. matter, but who knows? Well, man, realize, like, unfortunately, <laughs> we've ran out of time. Nick Brown's coming up. Uh, he's making his professional okay. debut. Ten and one as an amateur, man. This dude's a beast. How excited are you for his fight? Uh, we are. Uh, you know, not only am I excited to have Nick Brown on the card, I'm, I'm honored to be able to be the guy that provides him his first paycheck because I've watched his career as an amateur. Um, the union, the whole union town crew are great people, and uh, you know Nick is quietly turning into one of the best. He, he was quietly one of the best amateur prospects in this part of the country, and uh, I'm expecting the same thing from his pro career. So, but listen, I know you got to go. I appreciate you giving me um, however many minutes of time you did, and uh, hopefully I didn't get too many of your people to turn off during. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time out. I appreciate you taking the time out. Juan and I are still debating on whether to make that six-hour trek, or at least it's six and a half hours for me. But we were, what, we were talking. I'm like, man, this is a card like sandwich triangle. Yeah. Like I would pay. 
I would almost what pay you. Do? Just, I know, man. I mean, you, what else? Hey, listen, I'm down for that. Nothing. You, you tell Juan, if he gives me 50 bucks, I'll let him come down and cover it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now he's Nice in. one there. You like that deal? I appreciate I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, guys, you can hey. follow Matt on Twitter uh, at Stand Them Up, and you can catch him Saturday at yeah, uh, yeah. Pinnacle Fighting Championship Seven. Have, is are, are we going to lose yep. the uh, Pittsburgh Challenge Series? Is just going to be Pinnacle Fighting Championships? Juan's tore up like a shit sandwich about this. He wants it to be one or the other. You can we what? get an answer? I, I don't know, man. How many times have you thought of something? And then, like, a, a couple years later, you're like, yeah, maybe we should start getting away from that. I'm kind of at that point where, and, and I'll be honest with the last thing, last point, Pinnacle Fighting Championships, Pittsburgh Challenge Series is a little cumbersome. I hate typing it out. My email is pinnaclefightingchampionships at gmail. Also hate typing that out. I'll start shortening things. Just for me, I'm a typer. PFC. I agree. PFC or Pinnacle. <laughs> Just make it that. There you go. See, we're on the same page there. Juan, I'll cut you a break. $40 you can cover now for a grand. <laughs> Keep talking, Juan. You'll be at 30 before, before it's too long. Right? That's it. That's it. There you go. All right, gentlemen. Well, hey, listen. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one, Matt. We'll talk to you Saturday. Bye. There you guys go. Matt Layshock from StandThemUp.org fame and Pinnacle Fighting Championship this Saturday night. Numero siete. Yeah. Number seven. Uh, and like a, this is definitely a card that uh, if you're within, I don't know, 300 miles, get up there. Get at it. We've got Nick Brown coming up. Bobby Emmons following that. Jeremy Pender. Mark Cherico, yeah, tonight. Rolling Block Talk was going to take a crap on us, but it didn't. So, hey, if you want to get in on the conversation, 347-884-9986, you can Skype in. That works, too. If you're on the chat room, the chat room was down, but it looks like it's come back up. Take a second tell us who you are. We'll say what's up. How are you? Give you some, uh, Give you some love. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at BluegrassMMA, Facebook.com forward slash BluegrassMMA. We're almost to 5,000 likes, so uh, yeah, head over there, hit like, hit share. Tell your friends about this greatness. As we talked uh, earlier, and Matt said you know, he was pumped to be able to give this guy his first Paycheck for fighting. Uh, dude's been at it forever. Ten and one. Uh, seven fights in 2013. Jesus, that's crazy. He's with us right now, Mister Nick Brown. Nick, what's going on, man? Uh good. How you doing? How in the world did you keep up with all those fights last year? That's crazy. That's a, that's a that's like a twice as many as what normal people take. Yeah, I, I fought a lot, and uh, I mean, just the team mentality of training every day. I felt I was ready, so I, I took all the fights. I won most of them. <laughs> <laughs> the, your last loss was in December of 2012. 2013 was a banner year. You closed it out uh, with a title, and now it's time to make your professional debut. You've been at this for a few years now. Like, 
when you first started, when you took your first amateur fight way back in the day, did you anticipate this point, or was it just for fun back then? Um, back then, I was uh, I just got done with uh, college wrestling and uh, some amateur boxing, so I was uh, real focused on MMA. I was going to hit MMA with everything I got, you know, and travel to the top, and I'm on, I'm on a pretty good start right now. Uh, 24 years old, making your professional debut. How's it feel? Like, you know, it's one thing to to be a fighter, but it's another thing to be a professional athlete. And come Saturday, that's what you're going to be. What's that like for you? Uh, it's just another step up towards, uh, you know, my goal of being, you know, UFC champ. You know, and I had a good amateur run, and now time to turn pro. I'm ready. And I mean, there's not really. I don't see it as being a big difference from amateur to pro, just all the fights you had, but, you know, the head kicks and elbows and getting paid for is a lot better than busting my butt for almost nothing as an amateur. <laughs> what are you going to do with the big paycheck? Buy a Bentley? New uh, car? Not yet. House? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Down the road, though. It's been almost a year since you've got the fight. Uh, in Pittsburgh, you fought uh, back at Pinnacle FC3. How good is it to, to like get to go back there? And because as they've they've grown quite a bit since then, and as of you in your in your fighting career. But what's that experience like when you when you go there and you fight for Pinnacle and it's kind of you know just doing things right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we I'm used to traveling to Ohio and it's three hours a day of and weighing in. And, trying to get your head right, and it's good, not good, but travel, you know, half an hour up the road and come back home and eat and relax, go back up there, it's it's a, it's a great feeling. No same-day weigh-ins. Is that, uh, is that big for you? Do you have to cut a lot of weight? Um, um, I'm probably, I don't know what the normal is, but 10 to 15 pounds is usually what I, I cut. I don't know what the normal is anymore. <laughs> So tell me, what do you know about Jeff Dent? Uh, you know, he's had a couple fights already. You know, do you do you scout your opponent out, or is that something you let your coaches kind of handle? Um, he's actually, uh, as far as uh, scouting out, I uh, usually let my coaches, and then we usually come to terms if I want to fight him or not. And you know, Jeff Dent was the name that popped up, and he fought one of my teammates, AJ Bosley. His la- Jeff Dent's last victory is over my teammate. And, I said, yeah, sure, why not? And, you know, I feel I'm ready. And uh, It's usually a coach's call of if I'm fighting or not and if I'd like to fight him, though. Do you watch much tape of your opponent, or do you kind of let them handle that, too? Um, I mean, amateur, not really. Professional, I'm definitely looking to watch the videotape and definitely start getting into that. But for this fight, I, you know, I watched him fight my teammate and, it just train. I'm already trained for him, and it's kind of advantage and disadvantage for him that he don't know me, but I know him. I guess. Walk me through what uh, what a day in the life of Nick Brown's like. <laughs> it's quite boring, but as soon as I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I go to work, and I mean, as soon as I get off work, you know, I come home and I get everything ready, and I just start getting excited for the gym and know that like this is this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. This is where my head's going, and it's in the right place. It's a great team, and, you know, fight for good promotion, and everyone there supports me and helps me along the way, and 
I mean, as soon as I get to the gym, I'm a different person, and the world just takes a back seat to it, and hey, I'm in my world. It's not nothing unlike anything else I've ever done. As you ran through your amateur career, what's the biggest difference in your first fight as an amateur and the difference in what we're going to see uh, this Saturday? Uh, who? Well, trying to be healthy, that's definitely healthy as possible and getting a good you know, two-month camp if you can instead of you know, taking back-to-back fights every week and that stuff. But, I mean, it's just uh, training, I guess, just training more and more towards what your weaknesses are and just keep finding your weaknesses as you're fighting. Keep training and training to, so you don't have weaknesses anymore, I guess. So you talk about like working your day job. How distracted are you thinking about what you're going to do at the gym or like this week thinking about the fight? I imagine it's probably aggravating, right? Yeah, at times it can be. You know, trying to do a weight cut this week and working, and them guys are, you know, hey, why you gotta, what are you on when it's 70 degrees out? And, you know, uh, you know, if I can drop two pounds, it's going to be a big deal. And, I mean, just, I mean, I I do uh, construction, so it's kind of my mindset's on that. But as soon as, as soon as I get in that car to drive home, it's all MMA. And, I mean, i got plenty of time to think about MMA when it's over, but work's work and get off work and go back to work in the gym, I guess. What, so... What what's the the post fight like for you? Like when it's all said and done, do you like do you get to go out and indulge in food, or is it just rest, or how quick are you back in the gym? Um, uh, right after a fight, you know, I like to go just like probably the day after, go over the fight, see what I did, and, and pretty much prepare for the next one. So it was pretty not a lot of time off, but definitely that. The week off after the fight is just relax and helping my teammates out. Unfortunately, going to work and getting off work, training, what I love to do, but it's right back, right to back to the grind, I suppose. Talk to me about who's helping you train for this fight and and where most of your camps went down at. Um, I mean, I train at Union House Fight Club with uh, Bill Bosley, and I mean. I mean, he, he really knows what he does. It brings in guys if he has to. But I've also made trips to Bullpen, which are a bunch of bunch of great great group of guys in uh, Pittsburgh Fight Club. I always love traveling up there with them. Beasts they got contained inside them cages up there. But I'd say more inside Fight Club, but every week I try to get to Bullpen and Pittsburgh Fight Club to really test test myself with them guys. Now, as we see so much, you know, as guys start to rise in their career, they're doing well, they go to these big mega gyms. If you could go to any one of those gyms, American Top Team, TriStar, anywhere, where would you want to go? I'd, I'd love to get down there with them top UFC guys and just see where see where my level is compared to theirs and how much more I have to train or if I'm right there with them. I mean, I would love to. I mean, love to stick with my goal right now and stick local for a while, and then if I if I venture down there and they like me so much as to ask them 
join their team. I'd love to, but I've not really been out of PA per se and trained. Some of them real big gyms, so it's still in the future for me. Well, man, I appreciate you doing this. It is fight week. The fight's coming as you make your pro debut against Jeff Dents. Before I let you go, any shout-outs, thank yous to sponsors or anybody that you want to throw out there? Yeah, definitely. I got a couple little couple group guys, uh, TGB Supplements, uh, Trevor Banco really hooks me up and, I mean, just watches my nutrition and watches everyone at the gym and helps everyone. Just real professional supplement sensor and uh, Kessler Home Building. My uh, my work before work actually begins before I train. I work for Tesla Home Building, uh, Trinity Studio, Trinity Tattoo Studios, the Foundation Fightwear, and uh, my uh, Strength and Conditioning uh, NLAD Pat Lyons here in Uniontown. Real great guy, real focused, and knows how to push you to your limits more. But yeah, Uniontown Fight Club and Pinnacle for having this awesome card. Definitely. Well, man, I wish you nothing but the success. Uh, I know it's got to be exciting, your first pro fight. It goes down this Saturday night. Until then, man, take care. Hope the weight cut goes good, and we'll see you Saturday night in Pittsburgh. All right, thank you. There you guys go. Nick Brown making his professional debut this Saturday night on the stacked Pinnacle Fighting Championship card. That's how it is. Moving right along. I think this our next interview will be interesting. I hope it is. This is a guy that I've been following for a while now. I think the first time we saw him fight was in the main event at uh, NWF's Cage Fury back in 2012. He hasn't fought in over a year, but he's uh, he's fighting this Saturday. So we're going to talk with him in just a second. Remember, check out the Mothership BluegrassMMA.com. We've got uh, NAAFS news um, and all the good stuff that's going around town. Several big events on the horizon. June's going to be a big month for us, and hopefully it's a big month for you. Uh, so, yeah, we're excited. We hope you're excited. We hope you're excited for this weekend. Uh, Midwest Fight Series in Indianapolis on Friday night. I don't know if they're streaming. They did do a stream once, but uh, if you're there, you can check that out. Or you can go to Pittsburgh, where our next guest will be fighting. He makes his Bluegrass MMA Live debut. I'm kind of excited. Let's welcome Mr. Bobby Emmons. Bobby, what's up, man? What's going on? Appreciate you taking the time out. You took this fight on like 18 minutes notice. How did this come about? Um, well, they said they needed somebody, and uh, I've never, you know, been one to make real intelligent, uh, long thought out decisions. So I just said yes. It's kind of what I've been doing. I mean, I enjoy fighting, and it was a fight, and then I needed a reason to go to Pamani Brothers soon. So it just seemed seemed like a good time. As I stalk your uh, your social media, is there some place for you to play Golden Tee when you get there? Yeah, there are nine places within five miles of the hotel. It's already been looked up. <laughs> How close are you to being a professional Golden Tee player? 
Uh, I'm probably a better golden tee player than I am a fighter. Um, <laughs> pro a pro really just means you get paid. It doesn't mean you're any good. Uh, so I make a run at it. I mean, I make a little money playing golden tee, but I I lose money also. So fair enough. It's been like I said over a year since your last fight. I know you've had some injuries. Uh, you know, you're, I don't want to call you old, but you're you're getting up there in the years. Uh, oh, I'm old, man. I've, I've <laughs> retired more times than Brett Favre, but shit, I keep coming back. Like, but you stay in phenomenal shape. Is that just, is that you 10 years from now anyway, or is it just something that, you know, you, you just stay fight ready? God, I hope not, but it probably will be. I take like a day or two off from the gym, and, and I drive myself insane, so I go back. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's just I need more hobbies. I got to say, how has there been any close calls from anybody on Facebook really wanting to kick your ass like in person, or is it just all over uh, through the keyboard? Because I feel like you make a lot of people mad. Yeah, yeah. Um... Nobody's really ever said anything in person. Uh, I think, I think the most of the people, you know, they know how to take me. I'm, I'm that way on and offline, and it's the, uh, it's the dipshits that get on there, and, you know, they try to make it more than what it is. If you can't have fun on the internet, then you don't belong on there. <laughs> this is something that I feel like, uh, like, you know, I saw you at Coliseum Combat. We've covered multiple events in Indiana. I gotta ask, and I've, I've not really got a solid answer to this when I've asked this before. So, I feel like you'd be the man to know. While the drama in Indiana, uh, I don't really know. I think it's a uh, too much ego, too much testosterone. Uh, it's hard to say. Everybody, not everybody, but the majority of people get butt hurt so easy over the littlest shit. You know. It's, it's constant trying to one-up each other, I think, instead of working together, where I'll have fun with a guy, you know, I'll talk shit or whatever, but at the same time, if they invite me to come train with them, I'm going to go train. Or, you know, anybody's welcome down here. I've had multiple training sessions where we are. Anybody's invited, you know, squash it in the gym and, and go drink a beer. Some people just can't get over that hump. It's weird. I feel we do uh, in our a thread of the week. And it's almost always from the real Indiana group. And I, I, I shouldn't say that out loud on the live portion because I'm afraid they'll kick me out of that group because all I do is just sit and laugh like all day. But like it's it's just amazing, man. It's amazing. And you always get drug in like whether it's about you or not. Yeah, I uh, a lot of that's my fault, obviously. But it, you know, if I have a slow day at work, it helps pass the time. And and I just like getting a rise out of people. I'm I'm basically an internet stripper, I guess. You know, I, just, I, I like to get a rise out of people, and that's, 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 what, that's what does it for me. <laughs> so let me ask, how does one, and, and you know, you've got a, uh, quite the resume behind you, but how does one prepare for a fight on such short notice? I mean, is there any actual preparation uh, specifically for your opponent, or does it just kind of go with what you know? Uh, You know, a fight on a week's notice, you you pretty much just have to go with what you know. I mean, you're not going to learn anything in a week. Uh, shit, I don't think I've learned anything in a year. But uh, you just got to do what you do. I mean, you can't, you know, you, 
I've been training, so I'm not, you know, in horrible shape by any means. Uh, I can't look you in the eye or tell you over the phone that I'm in normal fight shape. But at uh, it, the same time, you know, I've had plenty of fights. I know what to do once the door closes. Uh, I'm all fun and games before the fight. Business in the cage and then all fun and games afterwards. I mean, literally right afterwards. So I'm looking at your uh, the picture we have on the, on our little poster that we do for the show, and I got to know do you do you wax do you shave or are you just naturally hairless? Because it, it seems like you always have a five o'clock shadow, but the rest of you, I mean, you look completely manscaped. I'm just naturally bald pretty much everywhere but my face. My hair is bald. I got a little bit of chest hair. You, you might have to zoom in a little bit to see it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't shave any part of my body except my head. What's left of it? Wow, that's amazing. I'm uh, just uh, we were looking at the pictures like what? Surely he just he waxes that or something. I don't know. Yeah, like a hairless nope. like a hairless nope. chihuahua. Yeah, basically, with the ears and all. Obviously, this fight it, it just kind of happened. Have you put much thought into what happens after this? Um, no, not really. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a fight. Um, I don't know a whole lot about my opponent. You know, I know he's seasoned. I know he's a, a hometown guy. Um, I'm used to that. I fought several hometown guys. You know, there's not a lot of professional shows around where I'm at anyway. So I'm used to traveling their hometown. Um, we'll just kind of see how it goes. You know, I I love a challenge. Mentally, to me, taking a fight on a week's notice is. It's a challenge, you know, see where I'm at. Uh, coming off a knee injury, uh, been back in the gym for a little while, but it's, you know, no better way to see where you're at than diving in face first. <laughs> so with with the year off and, and with your injury, like how hard was it for you to get back in the swing of things? Obviously you had to be, you know, kind of sedentary for a while, but how bad did you want to be back in there when you were laid up? Uh, it, it's one of the things where you you know you try not to think about it, but the first time you go to a uh, a show or you go corner a buddy fighting, it's the itch is always there. And I think I think that's my biggest problem. You know, like you said, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, almost 33. I mean, that's not old, but there's a lot of young kids in this sport. You know, um, and I definitely feel the the wear and tear more than I used to even four or five years ago. But it's I'm highly competitive. I did sports, you know, high school, college, uh, played some semi-pro football. It's just that competitive itch. I've always got to be competing at something. It's just whatever. I want to compete. Switching things up a little bit, I, there's nothing more that I love to see than, like, people out there supporting MMA. And I feel like you're one of those guys. You know, even if you're not fighting, you're, you go to these events – you uh, you chant for David Maldonado. You you know you look like you're honestly having fun. Like how how big a part of the sport is your life? I mean, obviously you, you got to go drive these places. I saw you in Kokomo. I know you, you go to other shows. I just it just seems so genuine that you're out there supporting and and having a good time. Oh, it's it's fun. I love it. Uh, anytime I got a teammate or buddy fighting, you know, I'll I'll, I'll drive. I'll make the trip if if at all possible. Um, I do. I love the sport. It's it's you know it's been a huge part of my life for the last five to six years. Um, 
some of my best friends, you know, were made through the sports, uh, promoters, matchmakers. David Malnado, you know, cut man, he actually got his start here in Evansville working with us at uh, our old gym. So, yeah, anytime I can go support, you know, and I do have a blast. I love being a fan, you know. I just I love going and watching it. Um, I love the beer. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no, no secret there. But, uh, yeah, make a good time out of it. You know, that's, that's pretty much the story of my life, man, is just have fun. You know, don't be so uptight and have fun. I gotta know wh- where does this white trash moniker come from? Uh, it all started as kind of a a joke, probably about man, three years ago. And uh, you know, I'm from a small, small town in Indiana before I moved to Evansville, uh, Lagodi, Indiana. Population like 2,800. It's a farm town. So, you know, guys used to always say you're you know you're farm strong, yada yada. And I was telling you know it's, it's white trash strength, and that just kind of kind of snowballed into my jiu-jitsu was white trash jiu-jitsu and and that just kind of stuck uh just for fun at uh coliseum combat when i fought uh matthew perry they asked what my fighting style was and and just as a joke i put white trash bjj and ever since then it just kind of caught on and, and snowballed from there i feel like you get a lot of attention like on twitter and stuff do you feel that that, that adds to it like the maybe the mystery behind what it is and your personality? Oh, yeah. uh, I'm, a bi- I'm a big social media guy. I mean, obviously, I, I tweet a lot. I Facebook a lot. Um, I think a lot of times guys just get on there and see my hot wife. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, does, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt me at all. So I'm an attention whore. I'll do whatever. I saw the uh, message you posted where the guy – uh, told you to ask your wife about a sex act she performed on him. That that seemed kind of weird. Like that was his go-to line was just to dish your wife. Yeah, he. She. I mean, yeah. She, she doesn't <laughs> like amateurs. That's that was the best response ever. Oh, <laughs> do you have to think about this stuff, or is it just right off the dome? No, it's it's right off the dome. I wasn't really blessed with much of a filter. It it, it also has its flaws at times, though. Um, I find myself in situations saying things that I probably shouldn't say in those situations, but it's part of life. They'll live. <laughs> I love it. I love the entertainment value. So, like, how how far of a trip is it to Pittsburgh? Have you ever been to Pittsburgh before? Uh, no, I have not. It is 499 miles from my house to the venue. Yeah, so... We're gonna make the uh, we're gonna make the trek up Friday. Um, it'll be a fun trip. It's gonna be a guy trip. My wife's got to work. Um, got some teammates going up there with me, but it'll be a fun Memorial Day trip. Like I said, I need a reason to go to Pomanti Brothers anyway. I've been saying it and saying it, so it was a good excuse. See, I don't. Matt Layshock talked about. I don't even know what that is. What is that? It's supposed to be like a really good sandwich shop. Um, I've seen it on the Food Channel. Everybody I've talked to that's been to Pittsburgh just already told me you have to go to Pomanti Brothers. So, I mean, they 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 want to talk about Pomanti Brothers more than the actual fight. I mean, I'll be like, hey, I'm fighting in Pittsburgh this weekend. They're like, ah, Pomanti Brothers. Like, yeah, I'm fighting in Pittsburgh this weekend. <laughs> I tried a sandwich. Oh, so. that's awesome. That is awesome. So, like, when you get when you take this fight on short notice, did you talk to your coach or 
cornerman and be like, hey, I'm thinking about taking this fire. Did you take it? And be like, hey, who's coming to Pittsburgh with me? Uh, okay, true story here. And, again, we're on live radio, but I'm not ashamed of it. So we're uh, we're at the Golden Tea Bar playing Golden Tea, and, I, and I'm with my, my coach, training partner, best friend, you know. Um, he's my cornerman. He's making the trip with me. And, uh, you know, I get the call, and, uh, you know, I basically tell him just let me think about it. And I mentioned it to him, and and he's David Overfield's his name, but uh, he's always up for a good time too. So he told me if I didn't take the fight, he was going to make me take uh, shots or rounds until I agreed to it. So <laughs> I just went ahead, I, I knew what was coming, so I just went ahead and agreed to it, and we made the plans, and we're making the track. Amazing! Wow, I don't like. And you've got James Porter on the card as well, two Indiana guys. So at least you'll have a familiar face there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've talked to James several times. We've actually fought on the same card a couple times. So, uh, you know, I know James. I know his coaches and some of his uh, teammates pretty well. So we'll all hook up up there. It'll be a good time. Well, man, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Like, when I saw you took the fight, I was like, wow. that It was kind of shocking to me. But the card stack, you, you add. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, a big show this Saturday night in Pittsburgh for Pinnacle Fighting Championship 7. Before I let you go, man, any shout-outs or thank yous or anything you want to throw out there? Uh, definitely want to thank all my teams, uh, training partners, uh, my wife, my daughter. Uh, again, they're both beautiful. Man, I'm, I'm so blessed in that category. I don't use that, that word very often, but those two, they, they, they get me through everything. You know, they keep a smile on my face. Uh, Luke with Intimidation Clothing, that dude's been there for me three years now, I think. Um, you know, I've been partnered with Intimidation Clothing. I can't say enough nice things about them. Um, and just everybody that supports me, you know, they, they get who I am. Uh, they get the humor. They get the, you know, I don't give a you-know-what attitude. Um, and, and they don't take it personal. It's it's never It's never personal, you know. I'm just always looking to have a good time, always wanting to have fun. Well, man, I am a fan. I've been secretly stalking you for a couple of years now, and uh, you cracked me up, and I appreciate that. No, I, appreciate I appreciate it, man. <laughs> I appreciate your support uh, of uh, of local MMA, and, man, I hope you have a great trip. We will be there. That'll be a blast. Awesome. Yeah, for us, for me. It's uh, like five and a half you know, hours. We'll drink a beer or nine afterwards. Have you ever played Golden Tea? I, I, I played Golden Tea once, and I felt like I was pretty good at it. But I, I don't. There you go. So maybe we'll, we'll maybe you can give me some pointers. <laughs> we'll get a game in. Guys, you can follow him on Twitter at Emmons MMA. Bobby Emmons, have a safe trip, man. I'll see you Saturday. Yeah, thanks a lot, dude. There you go. That brings us to the top of the hour. Jeremy Pender's on deck, so sit tight. We'll be back here in about one minute. Join us every Sunday morning from 9 until 10 for the Knockout Hour with Kelly Patrick and Carlo Kellum. We are the only show in the area that covers both boxing and MMA. The Knockout Hour is brought to you by Turf Wars, who brings you the finest professional and amateur MMA fighters from all across the country to you here in Kentucky. For more details on the next Turf Wars event, be sure to visit BluegrassMMA.com and tune in every Sunday morning to the Knockout Hour from 9 until 10.
Intimidation Clothing has proven to be the biggest supporter of local MMA in the industry, sponsoring the top regional events across the globe. While other brands come and go, Intimidation is a brand that represents stability. With over 110 different styles of high-quality t-shirts, hats, hoodies, training gear, and more. Browse our premium quality merchandise at IntimidationClothing.com and use Radio 10 to save 10% off your order. When you think local MMA, think Intimidation Clothing. Nobody supports local MMA like Intimidation. Nobody. You are listening to the ProMMANow.com radio network. You're listening to the Ohio Valley's number one source for MMA. This is Bluegrass MMA Live. Now, once again, your hosts, Juan Valley and Gary Thomas. Back at you for hour number two as we roll on. This is Bluegrass MMA Live. Juan Valley's disappeared, but thankfully before he left, he got our next guest on the horn. One of my favorite guys in the business. He's making his return on May 31st. That's next Saturday in Mansfield, Ohio. He is the one and only pony boy, Jeremy Pender. Jeremy, what's up, man? Not much, man. Just uh, riding home, trying to get some food in me. Trying to get some food in me. So, I, I, maybe we've talked about this. Have you abandoned the vegan lifestyle? You know what? I did. I uh, I wouldn't say, like, abandon it. There was no uh, there was no ill will. It was amicable. <laughs> I just started eating a little bit of meat here and there. Strictly, uh, like, grass-fed, 100%, no hormones and antibiotics, all that good stuff. I'm, uh, I'm currently reading the Dolce Dot, and he's a big... Proponent yeah, of that dude. Kind of stuff. I'm up. I'm up on. I'm up on Mike Dolce. That's I'm kind of doing my diet right now, uh, like kind of based on his stuff. And then next week starts a really hard diet. So we've seen each other a couple times out and about this year. I feel like you've got. I don't want to say a new passion, but maybe like a rejuvenated spirit towards fighting. Is that is that close to being right? That's. Yeah, man, I I kind of fell back in love with it. I kind of got into a space where I was just, like, doing it because that's all I did, that's all I knew how to do, and it was kind of a drag, like, always training for a fight, always in a camp. I didn't take any time to, like, have fun and learn new stuff and, and play and, like, I don't know, be, a like, a real martial artist trying new tricks and whatnot, and then I... I left, I, I had a hiatus, got to spend a lot of time with my family, and uh, left the gym for about five months, and then I came back and started hitting it hard, which was both the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me. I, I came back and I was just like, man, why am I getting my butt kicked by all these guys that I, I used to beat up, but uh, back in shape and, and ready to go. I, I have a new new passion for for the, for the stuff now. What was that like? I mean, because I, I know training and vision was such a huge part of your life. How hard was it for you to kind of put it on the shelf for a little while? Uh, it was it was difficult. Don't get me wrong. Like, I made trips up there, like, every other week or so, trying to get at least one or two training sessions in here and there. But for the most part, like, it, it just kind of – showed me like the impermanence of situations like stuff that you're so used to and and count on all the time like 
you can change that. Like, it, it, it isn't you. It's just stuff that you do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I don't identify myself as being, like, a fighter and I train a vision and all that. Like, but it is definitely a part of my life and something that I, I appreciate and I, I hold very dear. How much of becoming a father, like, played an impact and all that? Because that's a huge change for everybody. I know for me it was a change uh, because you don't necessarily – you have somebody else that's counting on you every day, not just you anymore. How big of how big of an impact was that on your whole mindset during that time? Uh, yeah, it was crazy, man. Uh, Max, with my son, is, it's, he's pretty much the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, I know everybody says that, but for real, he he grounded me and and sat me down and was like, "Look, Dad, you gotta <laughs> you gotta start making some choices. We gotta we gotta either do this or not do this." And I feel like I owe it to him and I owe it to myself and Marissa and all my people around me that I need to like buckle down and do this. I don't I don't want to half-ass it and just get by on being better than the guy. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't have that luxury anymore. Everybody's working really hard. Everybody's hungry and everybody's getting good. So I can't just walk into a fight and be better than them. And like the work ethic that it takes to, to understand that was really brought on by, by Max keep being here. And like me realizing, man, I gotta, gotta put food in this little guy's mouth and I gotta buy him his Nikes and his, his Ninja Turtle pajamas and all that good <laughs> stuff. So we gotta get a move on. It hit me this week uh, when we were talking, because I always thought you you were older. You're 27, yet you have the resume of, like, a 20-year veteran in the sport. How much, like, do you feel that? Like, when you look back, you know, going all the way back to your first fight and and even, you know, your 16 pro fights, like, that's a lot and really not. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. You were saying about, like, I just have a lot of fights and stuff? Yeah, like, when you look back and you see all that, I mean, it's... It, as a 27-year-old, going to be 28, it's right. like a huge resume, man. Like, when you when you think back, you've done so much and, and fought so much in such a short amount of time. Yeah, um both a blessing and a curse, really. Like, I made a, a couple of mistakes, oh, more than a couple. I made a lot of mistakes in, like, choosing my fights and stuff. I didn't really play it out like a career. It was just one of those things where, oh, this guy says that they're looking for a guy in this weight. Uh, and I'm like, well, I'm close to that weight. I might as well go fight that guy. Or say, like, I got offered a fight one time in Finland, fought up to, like, a weight class against, like, a top, top 10 guy in, in Europe, and got beat up pretty good, but it was, it was sweet, like, the trip was good, the fight was fun, uh, it's like a life experience I'll never forget, but I've, MMA has afforded me a lot of experiences like that, going to Cyprus with the XSC was a blast, getting to share that with Marissa, my girlfriend, uh, was unbelievable, and I got to share Finland with her, and I get to go places and, and work with people that I don't normally get to work with, but it is kind of jam-packed in there in a couple, like, I don't know, four or five years. It's just, uh, I like to fight, man, and it's one of those things where, like, 
you jump in with both feet and you're all in or you're or you're not going to do it. So I decided to, like, jump in early. I was training a lot more than everybody else early on. I got a lot better than a lot of other people early on. And then I kind of floundered out and figured that, oh, I'm just better than everybody. I don't have to work that hard. And uh, getting beat a couple times by some guys that I feel like I probably should have smoked um, kind of put stuff in perspective for me to where, you know what, I got to take everybody serious. I got to put my put my ass on the on the mat and get, get my nose to the grindstone and, and work hard every day, go in and get better every day. Uh, the experience through my career has kind of taught me that. So it's it's good and bad. Like you, you make some mistakes, you make a lot of mistakes, but you make, you learn a lot of lessons too. So I feel like 27 is getting up there for the sport, but I feel like I can make a, a resurgence and put together six or eight more wins real quick and maybe get a shot at a big show. I was there at your last fight, and we talked afterwards, and I could <laughs> sense the disappointment the aggravation and, and all that. Was there any thought, not right then because, you know, of the kind of the immediate reaction, but as you went back home, drove home, was there any thought of just hanging it up then? Um, yeah, I mean, there's always that thought when you lose. You're like, man, is, is this really what I'm supposed to do? That fight in particular, man, just kind of put me off of MMA for a while because, like, it was embarrassing to be a part of. Like, I was trying to fight, and uh, Manus' game plan just wouldn't allow me to execute the way that I know I know how to do and the way that I know the fans want to see. It's just you got to play the person and not expect everybody to fight the same way. And he went in there and pushed me against the cage for 15 minutes and wouldn't let me do anything. So good on him. It's just not how I envision what MMA is about. You know, um, I, I feel like it's about going in there and, like, really testing your metal and uh, let's see who can hil- kill the other person in 15 minutes or 25 minutes, how long we're fighting. Let's go in and try and finish each other. Let's not push each other against the fence and stomp feet and, and slap faces. Like that's I thought that was kind of lame, but but... He's the one with the W. He's the one with the win bonus. So what am I fucking talking about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask, like, since you've been around so long, at what point did you start to notice that people fought not to lose? And that's been prevalent, you know, in the elite fighters all the way down to amateur fighters now. They know how to win on the scorecards, but it's not, like you said, it's not really a fight. When did you start yeah, seeing the shift? That uh, that came about, I feel like, a um, couple years ago. Really, the, like, the upswing of when everybody was training at Jackson's MMA and everybody was riding on George and they're like, oh, he's got it down to a science. He's got to learn how to wrestle really good and, and take down at 30 seconds and run around and score points with your kicks and your and your punches and, like, set up this technique, let's let's be real scientific about it. But, like, man, it's not math. It's not science. Like, you just go in there and you freaking fight somebody. It's not supposed to be pretty and perfect and calculated and cold. It's supposed to be a poem. It's supposed to be a, a painting. You're supposed to go in there and, and, like, learn about the other person. 
the way I feel like in the fight, that person in the cage with you should know you better than any other person on earth for those 15 minutes. They Like, you guys should share an experience together where, like, you'll always have that connection with another person. Whether you hate, it, hate the person or you don't, or you, you're real good friends or whatever, you guys should go in there and try and beat each other up. Don't hold each other against a cage or take, like, do your timed takedowns and special combinations and all that bull crap. You just go in, train yourself, get in good shape, train yourself up, and go in and fight. Like, that's how I feel. But Jackson's and everybody with all these game plans and all this bull crap is, is kind of ruining what I love about it. But you're still going to see those uh, Diego uh, Diego Sanchez's and uh, you're, you're going to see your your Nick Diaz's and your Anthony Pettis's, the guys who go in there and they're trying to finish the fight, man. Like, they're trying to beat people up. And that's what I'm drawn to. I think that that is always going to be more fan-friendly and it's always going to be more fighter-friendly. Maybe not more athlete-friendly because like, there's a lot of guys coming in being like, oh, I'm big and strong and athletic and I wrestle and I can maybe do this MMA stuff. But they're... They're playing a sport, and I'm trying to fight people. Like, I think that's the difference. I'm trying to fight in an MMA fight, and a lot of people now are playing a sport. And I think that came about with, like you were, you were asking, I think that came about with George and, and Jackson and all that development of game plan and strategy. Not to deviate from these questions, but you have somebody that wants to talk to you. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, Max, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Oh, okay. Uh, Pender, I'd just like to say I'm real happy to see that uh, you're getting back in there in the cage. Uh, I remember uh, seeing you the first time. Uh, it was down at U.S. Bank Arena. You fighting that uh, Kimbo midget-looking feller. And uh, <laughs> I fell in love with you ever since. You're, you're a good fighter, and... Uh, it's, it's nice to see you back in the cage, finally. Thanks, I appreciate that. Oh, so, uh, what, what, what's your big plan for, uh, this, this coming up fight? What, 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 what plans you got? You going to try well, to, you know, just go for a knockout? Are you trying to submit him, or, I know you're talking about you. To push ahead. him up against the fence, stomp on his feet, and at 30 <laughs> seconds left in the round, we're going to take him down and be really strong and hold down. That sounds like that's a plan. Like, do a T. That's exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to run around for 45 seconds, throw a combination, run around for 45 seconds, throw another combination, and then at 30 seconds we're going to push him against the fence, stomp his feet, take him down. <laughs> uh, no, that's funny. That's no, that's not Fender. No, that's but that's funny. Uh, that is funny. Like I said, I mean, I'm I'm real happy to see you finally getting back in there. And you know, I uh, I'm a big fan of this show. I, I occasionally listen. I I kind of moved away from the area, but after I uh, heard Pender was gonna be on here, I couldn't help myself but get on here to listen to y'all. I was real real happy to hear about it. So. You guys keep doing, keep doing, uh, keep doing the good work and everything like that, you know. And 
I uh, look forward to uh, you know if it's streamed or not because I, I'm there's no way I'm gonna be able to get up there now. But see, I don't I don't know if it's streamed, but I will I will put it on uh, YouTube or Facebook whenever I get finished. Where's the host at? He he's been pretty quiet these past couple seconds. So where, where's he run off to? Yeah, is Gary I'm, still here? I'm listening to you guys. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> Hey, you can you can like this could be the Max Power Show and Bluegrass MMA Hour. We're talking to Pender. We're trying to get this promoted. Trying to get him get more people <laughs> listening to the show. Let's get this going. <laughs> what's the What's the benefit of beating a guy like Yanez, uh, uh, Jeremy? I mean, uh, obviously it, it's a fight. You got to get back in there. But is this just setting up a bigger run this year? You know what? I I think that Raymond Yanez is uh a lot better than than maybe his record would show and maybe his uh his videos would show, man. I th- I feel like that guy's dangerous. He's he fights hard, he's a good wrestler, swings crazy a little bit, but you can tell that kid's there to fight. So I'm just trying to uh to beat him up, man, so I don't get embarrassed in front of all my people. Like I don't want to get beat up, so I'm trying real hard to to beat him up and and do what I need to do. And uh, after after the fight, man, I'll figure out where I'm going to fight and who I'm going to fight next. But um, right now, he is the center of my attention. All eyes are on that guy, and uh, we are not taking him lightly whatsoever. I'm trying to trying to finish that guy as fast as I can because I know that he's going to do the same to me. Yeah, now one thing that I uh, I'm sorry about that. One thing I noticed with your opponent. Um, if you look at his record, he's got quite a quite a few finishes finishes more in his uh, amateur career. But he looks like a person that doesn't doesn't mind to try to stretch it out a little bit. Now, if you run into the same kind of problem you did your past fight, where they just kind of drag you along, have you went with your coaches and try to find out if uh, you can try to keep from a person laying and prey on you? Have you really that's, that's thought about that? Happen. That's not happening. It's not happening. Um, I had to go in and make some adjustments when I came back, and the adjustments have been made. I'm probably 50% stronger than I was. I'm in a lot better shape. I'm bigger, stronger, faster, and a lot better wrestler. Speaking about that, uh, what are you walking around now if you're uh, becoming bigger? Is your cut going to be a little bit harder, do you think, this time than uh, previous times, or...? Yeah, it should be. It should be. Uh, I think the number is going to be bigger, but I think the cut's going to be easier. The way that we have all this uh, set up is pretty good. I've got my diet on point. I got uh, probably about 20 to 25 pounds to cut, and shouldn't be a problem. Fellas, hate to interrupt this, but uh, our time is up. It is time to move on. Max, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it, too, and Pender, good luck, and uh, get the win for us. Thanks, man. Jeremy, the fight is next Saturday. What's left uh, What's left for you? Uh, obviously, the weight cut and all that, but I see so many guys get hurt like the week of now. Tell me yeah. there's no like hard sparring or anything like that come oh, up. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Every, every chance I get from now until probably next Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm going as hard as I can trying to get everything fixed. Uh, fixed up for the fight, man. It's, uh, it's, it's sprint time. Like, got to go fast and hard now. Um, albeit, I'm not going to be doing, like, 15 hard rounds a day. We're probably going <laughs> to do... We're probably going to do five 
at most a uh, fresh guy every time trying to get me tired and, and working and moving. But um, decently hard sparring, decently hard wrestling, decently hard uh, jiu-jitsu practices, and a lot of uh, a lot of running and cardio and doing all that good stuff, getting everything right, getting my weight on point, and uh, a lot of strict uh, no-cheat dieting. <laughs> well, Which, you know, that's my favorite part. I've already got a list of stuff that I'm trying to eat afterwards. <laughs> bacon? Is bacon on the list? Uh, I'm still eating bacon. I will. It's turkey bacon. I like it better. But I like my bacon chewy, you know and what? I feel like turkey I bacon. I do, too. Yeah, I, I agree Something with you 100%. Like I, I, I was skeptical at first. I was like, this is fake bacon. These turkeys are trying to pretend, but I got up on it, and it's beautiful. It's good. It's my favorite thing in breakfast, like do my two-egg omelet and some turkey bacon. Good stuff. Well, the fight is next Saturday in Mansfield, Ohio. Uh, Jeremy Pender versus uh, Raymond Yanez at Big Guns 13. Jeremy, before I let you go, man, any shout-outs, any thank yous, anything you want to throw out to our listeners? I know Max is going to um, yeah, sure. Um, I'd like to thank Marissa and Max for being my support system, and I'd like to thank um, all my training partners, Ethan McGee especially. He, he got me in there, and he's like, you need to get friggin' stronger. You need to get better and quicker and start start putting the work in. So he motivated me to do that. I'd like to thank um, Don Steele for being a guy that I look at and I'm just like, damn, look at all the stuff that he's doing. i got to work way harder because it's like he's doing really well and I want to be doing that well, so I've got to put twice the work that I'm putting in now. Um, he's a real motivator for me. And uh, watching guys like I've always watched, uh, Dan Strauss beating people up in Bellator and all the guys from around here that, like, locally, I've been a lot bigger fan of watching these guys fight and and all you guys, I know locally we've got our beasts from team to team and, and athlete to athlete, but watching these guys and how much they're getting better just motivates me to, to step my shit up. And uh, all the coaches and trainers and owners and all that good stuff at Vision MMA, um, I couldn't do anything that I'm doing right now without those guys. And, of course, Bluegrass MMA uh, Radio and all your guys' listeners, you guys are a big help. And I love you guys. Like talking to you and, and getting the word out about the fight. So thanks for the opportunity, guys. Well, man, have a safe trip. Uh, I believe Juan will be there in Mansfield, Ohio. Oh, he cool. Straws, let's, get so some, uh, let's get some pizza after. The fight is next Saturday. Until then, Jeremy, take care. Be safe. And uh, I will say best of luck, but I don't think that applies. <laughs> All right. Will do. Thanks. Bye. There you guys go. Jeremy Pender. Big fight next Saturday in Mansfield, Ohio. Moving on, our next guest is uh, here. I feel like he's dodged just a couple times, even though he doesn't have a fight this Saturday. He does have a fight coming up uh, later on this year. Uh, but it's good. It, it'll be good to talk to him. He is Mark Cherico. Mark, what's going on? Is this really Mark hey, Cherico? Hey, how you doing? This is, in fact, Mark Cherico. Wow, I'm honored. I'm honored that you've uh, taken the time out, and I do appreciate you doing this. I, last week, I asked uh, Kama, I asked Justin, if there was, you know, if they had to fight somebody in the gym, who would it be? And the answer I was looking for was Mark Cherico, but nobody would, would touch that. 
What well, you have them uh, scared? We're all we're all geniuses. I'm gonna fight the dude that just signed up today. That's what I'm fighting. <laughs> Kamala's gonna fight a girl. Yeah, you know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta protect the record sometimes, right? <laughs> I, I don't feel like you're a guy that protects his record. Uh, as a matter of fact, none of your fights, it seems like, ever get approved the first go-around. Why is that? Why, why is the commission afraid that you go with these more experienced guys? Or what's what's the deal there? Uh, I, like, sometimes he knows Greg Serb. I mean, he's looking out for tech fighters, but I think sometimes he goes overboard. Like, he wouldn't approve me to fight Tommy Hayden. He said... Tommy Hayden's blood won't be on my hands, like, being his hands. Like, I was going to destroy Tommy Hayden. Now, Tommy Hayden's been in the UFC. I mean, he was good enough to fight in the UFC. He, I, I would like to think he's good enough to fight somebody who at the time was only a 5-0 and pro. But uh, that was his opinion. I mean, he denied Donnie Walker originally and then reconsidered. Uh, surprisingly, we're not having as much difficulty this time. Uh, he's actually approved two potential opponents. So we're just hashing out the details with said opponents, and uh, we should we should have a fight. Hopefully, by hopefully we have it done by this week. That'd be awesome. <clears throat> Can you give us any hints? Uh, we won't tell. Uh, no, I can't. I can't say yet. They have. I don't even know if uh, the fighters have been contacted since oh. the, uh, the word came back that they were approved. So I don't want to say anything and, and risk losing the fight. It's hard enough find, trying to find guys that want to punch me in the face. Such a nice guy, you know. <laughs> How was your trip to? Uh, I know you uh, went to American Top Team for a portion of your last camp. Obviously, you're at a super strong gym where you're at. But what was the experience like, kind of getting away? Oh, it was awesome, man. You know, it was good. I wasn't just a, like a body down there. You know, some guys go down to these big gyms and they're, they're just a body. You know, you want to be a, one of the guys down there that they're, that they're looking out for. And uh, with my manager Charles McCarthy. Being from American Top Team, they really took care of me, and I got to train a lot with Mike Brown and uh, one of their up-and-comers, Charles Rosa, and you know Dustin Poirier, and all of them were in camp. So it was really good, man. I got to see like what that next level looks like, and I felt pretty confident with my skills when I left. Your fight uh, with Hoverman went to the decision, your first decision as a professional. Did that? Did you expect it to go that long, or was it a fight that you felt like you could have finished? Yeah, I think I've watched the fight a couple times, and there, well, um, first and foremost, I mean, I took it was a long layoff from the Walker fight to that fight, and uh, I think I, I had a, an amazing camp. I had an amazing weight cut. I probably could have made 140 on the weight cut. I, that's how good the weight cut was. Uh, and so I felt fantastic, but I didn't feel like myself in the back. Uh, you know, usually I'm laughing and joking. I was just kind of like more quiet to myself. Uh, I don't know. I went out there and I made the mistake of when I pushed off to try to get back up to my feet. I thought he was going to rush in. I tried to shoot and he ended up getting my back. And uh, so he went up around, one round on me. So, like, in my head, uh, I had to win the second round. And then the third round, I was like, okay, and then I'll start looking to finish. But by the third round, we were so slippery and sweaty. Like, I couldn't keep him, like, I couldn't really lock in anything or set anything up, and he wasn't really giving me much. I hit him with some really big elbows uh, that I felt, I mean, just hearing the crowd reaction, I remember the one time I hit him, and he immediately covered right where the spot landed, and so I knew it was clean, but, you know, you usually get the guys, you hit him a couple good times, and they start giving up position and giving about, and he stayed calm and stayed, and, you know, kept his half guard locked up pretty tight, you know, so 
Twitter is that uh, I think I said not like I, I know every punch I landed on the feet, uh, anything I threw landed, and I wish I would have had a little more confidence in letting my strikes go because uh, he hit me in the first round with a punch and there wasn't really much power behind it. And after that, I don't think he really landed anything. And uh, I feel like if I would have, if if I didn't have such a long layoff, I think in a fight would have been a little different. I think I probably would have finished it. But it's a good learning experience. It's good to show people, like, I'm, I'm not this guy that people, you know, the knock always on me is, well, what's his cardio like? And I think I showed that I got good cardio. I got the gas to go as many rounds as I need to. So with the fight coming up this summer, when do you expect to start camp for that? Or is it, are you? Uh, I actually start, I, I do, I like to start my, like, I, I train constantly. You know, I, I work at the gym, so I'm there every day. I'm in there training, but uh, this is the first week I really, I really kick it off. Uh, I do an eight weeks out uh, training regimen, and it's based off my diet. I also go to the, I, I train at Humberger Performance, who's my, he's my sports performance coach, and uh, everything changes at eight weeks out, and we get pretty intense the first couple weeks there, and less intense at the, the Fight Club, and then slowly but surely it fades to almost 100% at the Fight Club, and very little over there. But it's good, it's good to have somebody like Scott Umberger there to uh, to tell you what to do. It's nice having somebody like take care of all that. I don't have to worry about all that. My, my heart rate monitor, we do, we monitor all my heart rates. He does all my workouts. I know when it comes to fight time, like I'm going to be good to go. Is it uh, in the plan to go back to Coconut Creek this go around? Uh, yeah, I, it, it's all going to depend. Uh, it's rough. <laughs> the wife and having a little one uh, so it's really going to be dependent on her work schedule if, she, if she's able to get the, the amount of days off we need because it's hard to find babysitters uh, but uh, yeah that, that's the plan to get down there or even uh, head out to Alpha Male for a week or two How hard is that juggle for you? Because uh, when we talked with, with Kama last week you know he says he doesn't have those uh, other distractions uh, you know, you have the the family, uh, other people have their, their day job and their families as well. How do you juggle all that and make all this craziness work? Yeah, well, first, uh, I, I'll never call it a distraction. Uh, you know, they're my support system. That's how I look. I never look at them as a distraction or anything like that. I never be a distraction. But having uh, a wife to come home to that, that will support you no matter what. If you have a bad day at the gym, she's going to be there to tell you it's all right or you know, you're, you're having a miserable day of weight cutting. There's nothing like a little, she's 21 months, going on 21 months, smiling at you and calling your name and laughing. So, you know, so she'll put a smile on your face, even if it's the day before the fight. As you get older and, and you're on this amazing run, you know, uh, like how close do you feel to that that call for a contract somewhere? Because uh, I, I, I got to think you feel like it's pretty close, or at least we feel like it's pretty close for you. I feel it's pretty close. I feel like I'm trying to make a run here, maybe two, two, three fight max. I don't feel like I'm going to have to get any more than three more wins. Uh, so I, and it, it all depends on the quality of opponents, I think, too. If I can beat another name guy, maybe I'd get there a little earlier. But, uh, you know, I feel two, three wins, That that's my in my opinion. I, I, that's what I feel that I'm at. When you look at uh, kind of the roadmap that lays ahead of you, how important is the decision for the opponents? Or are you a guy that can just 
happy with the fact that somebody wants to fight you because I feel like you've had so much trouble in the last couple of years. I'm sorry, what was that? You cut in out there for a second. When you when you're looking forward uh, at the roadmap, you know, is it does the opponent matter to you? Because I feel like you have such a hard time getting opponents anyway. Like you can kind of rest on the fact that somebody will step up and fight you. Because I feel like you're a dangerous fighter for an up-and-comer, you're a dangerous fighter for a veteran, you're kind of one of those nobody wants to touch you with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, it's just fine. Like, there, there's a lot of guys out there that will fight me, and it, some of them, they just they won't get approved. Like, they look at it like this is their, like, a lot of these guys will step up, like, yeah, I'll fight them, but they're like 5 and 4 or 6 and 7, like 6 and 6. But the commission's never going to approve that, but they look at it like, if I can get this win, you know, I can get that shine. And so they're willing to take the risk. Because if they lose, what their their record is what it is anyway. It's like they're journeymen. If they lose and if they win, maybe they can latch on and get some get, get a little more recognition. But those guys never get approved. And then you look at the other guys, like the, the top, like the cream of the crop guys. They don't want to take the risk either. And I understand that. If you're one fight away from the UFC, you don't want like I'm not going to fight another guy that's like some stud undefeated guy. Like, but that's just that's bad business. I want to fight. I want to fight guys that are tough, and I'm going to. But uh, you know, these guys that are also undefeated, they don't even want to take take a chance fighting me. Uh, but I mean, we, we found some really good opponents. I think uh, one of the guys I will say this is a former Ultimate Fighter. So uh, uh, we're hoping that uh, we can get all this locked up, and I think that'll be a good test. That's what I'm really looking for. I'm, I'm looking to try to fight some veterans. That have been in there because I want to, I want to be tested, and um, I think Hovermill did that. It was a, it was a good test, and I feel like I passed it. And uh, I, I want some more veterans like that, guys with guys with bigger records than mine. That, 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 that's the ultimate thing. Yourself, Cody Garbrandt, Justin, Steve, comma, you know your your group had pinnacle fighting championship kind of explode in just you know the first six shows. Your last four fights have been with them. What's that experience like? Because I know you bring a huge crowd. Uh, the just the way they've handled business from the outside that we can see seems to be, you know, spot on uh, as far as their growth and everything like that. What's your pinnacle experience like, or what would you tell somebody that's uh, that's maybe thinking about trying to get on a pinnacle card? Oh man, they're a class act, man. They 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 know how to put a show on from top to bottom. They know what's important when it comes to an MMA show. And the important thing is matching up good quality fights. That's what people want to see. And it can be good quality fights in someone's backyard. If it's good quality, that's all that matters. I don't care where I fight. Like, they're going to put on the best show. Dave Click and Joe D. Moore and Matt Lashock are going to walk you, make sure you're well taken care of, make sure you're getting paid properly, make sure, you know, you're getting the tickets that you need to sell so that you can you can make more money. And they're, they're putting us out there. They're putting us on billboards. They're getting us interviews on, like, local radio stations, blogs, and podcasts. And, you know, they're getting our name out there. So, and they're putting us on Comcast on demand up here in Pittsburgh. So we're, it's really easy for us to get sponsors because these sponsors are getting the same TV time we are now because we're out there plugging them. So it helps us make more money, and, and that's awesome. That's that's why I love fighting for them. Will you get to, with, with so many teammates on this card Saturday? Will you kind of get to sit back and enjoy their work, or are you going to be in their corner? What's no, uh, what's I, on the agenda I, I for you I'm Saturday? I, I am pretty sure that I am cornering every single 
fighter that we have. <laughs> so I will not get to enjoy a single fight. So we actually got a babysitter for the night, so my wife's coming out for the fight. So she goes, are you going to be able to hang out at all? I'm like, absolutely not. So <laughs> I mean, you, you can <laughs> hang out and watch the fights. Enjoy. Like, I would love to get to sit like Kate's side. Like, I love that they have the catwalk there. You can sit down. It's like your own okay. I can get like some food and sit down and watch the fights. Not, well, currently I couldn't eat food because I'm cutting weight, so I wouldn't eat any of the. They got those torpedo hoagies up there that are like amazing. So I won't be able to eat those. But. If I were able to, that's what I would like to do. So maybe one day we'll get a pinnacle card where nobody's fighting that I have to corner. I can just eat a hoagie and watch the fights. Yeah, I feel like that's not going to happen. At least maybe maybe you won't have to corner, but I feel like, like you know, you guys are such strong presence that you, you'll have some role somewhere. Maybe there'll be a Mark Jericho like, booth where you can sign some, some merchandise. Yeah, maybe. and showed my boobies and you still said no.
<laughs> well, man, I do appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, I look forward to this big announcement. Hopefully, we can uh, pry that out of, uh, out of Dave or Matt or somebody and, and get to break the news. But uh, have fun Saturday in, in the corner. We will we will be sure to say hi. And uh, and you can be. I won't show you my boobs like Juan did, but uh, I'll at least say hi uh, to you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Please, no. God, I'm still emotionally scarred. I still have nightmares from from the Juan incident. <laughs> Guys, you can follow him on Twitter at Mark Cherico MMA. Look for a big announcement coming soon. Mark, we'll see you Saturday, man. All right, I'll see you guys Saturday. Take care. Mark Cherico. Big things on the horizon. What will it be? We don't know yet. Could it be an Ultimate Fighter vet? Could it be... I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but there's no doubt about it, that guy is an enigma. He brings the excitement. He brings the fans. He is kind of embodies, for me, as an outsider, like he is Pittsburgh MMA. I could be wrong. Maybe it's Charlie Brenneman. I don't know. Is he from Pittsburgh? I think he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah, so huge night, Saturday night, Pinnacle Fighting Championship 7. We are excited to be there for that. I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't know if I can ride with Juan. Juan drives so slow and such a long trip. Maybe we bring Rick Toms to spice things up. I don't know. It could happen. But check out BluegrassMMA.com for all of your Pinnacle Fighting Championship 7. I'm not going with the Pittsburgh Challenge Series. I'm going I'm to stick with just PFC. Uh, huge card there. You've heard from Kama Worthy. You've heard from uh, Bobby Emmons, Nick Brown, Justin Steve. It's going to be good. And I, like I said, I don't even, can't even intelligently comment on the amateur fights, but I'm sure they're going to be kick-ass too. Shortly, we will go to the archive section, so uh, if I don't interrupt this interview, give us a call, 347-884-9986. We'll do our roundtable. Aaron Garrett's on deck. Uh, Carl Kellum is going to join us for another hour, and it'll be fun. But for those that were expecting to see David Crow box this weekend, I think he's going to have to tell us differently. David Crow, what's the news? Give Break it to him. What's going on? No fight. I don't know, man. Uh, I guess they don't have any seats. <laughs> so, I'm talking to Crow. Uh, we talked earlier today. <laughs> we talked earlier today. I'm getting him on the show, and, and I'm excited. That this, is, this is a professional debut, albeit boxing, but still. I mean, Crow, I, I've seen box in the gym. Uh, you know, I've seen his training. I was excited. I was like, wow, you know. So I was going to go to Louisville. And I've been to the last few future shows. And I get word from Crow that it's off. And the reason that it's off, at least the reason that he's provided via text message from I don't somebody in, in the promotion, maybe the, the promoter, matchmaker, or whatever, but they don't, they, don't have, they don't have any chairs. And this may be the first. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of shows canceled, never for not having chairs. Is this the first for you? First for me. Never heard of it. <laughs> so what's this do for, I mean, it's 
you kind of took this fight on short notice, but it's Tuesday, a fight week. You're making preparations. You've got to travel. You've got to weigh in. You've got to do all that stuff this week. And then to get this news, and albeit you're getting a, you're supposed to get a fucking paycheck. And that's not good. Yeah. Like, how disappointed are you? I already sold tickets. Uh, I have people supposed to come get more tomorrow. Uh, but I didn't. Have, I was at one sixty, so I was only walking out like one sixty eight. So it ain't bad that way. But it's still. I knew like a week and a half ago. So I don't know. A lot of people are excited for it. Didn't You're making the leap. Uh, you're putting obviously if you go pro boxing, that makes you pro MMA. You're making the leap from amateur to pro. How scary is that for you? Because you've kind of changed your life around this whole thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of just put it all in now. Uh, it's a big step for anybody to take. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to just have to have something stick, but I was just doing the boxing thing too much because I've been working hard lately. I can't get nothing set up, and that came available, so I was like, why not? And then, I don't know, now it's just getting disappointing not getting on a show. Like, how hard is for that? For those that don't know, you you quit your job and and are kind of doing this full-time, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a good job working for Budweiser, driving a truck, and I just I quit it, moved back home. I'm training a lot more now. I've been, my condition is crazy, but, I mean, I was learning a lot where I was, where I was at in Richmond. But my work schedule was keeping me from training, so I kind of just had to pick. And uh, it's a big paycheck, and I just kind of like to get it rolling now. How scary was it for you to do that? <laughs> it took a long time. But, yeah, I mean, I'm doing fine. It's working, but I just kind of like to step it up now. Uh, why don't you have a Twitter account? Well, come I know, on now. That's what everybody says. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, 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 one. I know, but I don't know the scare 145, the scare Pro 23 years old. You you had 17 amateur MMA bouts. Yeah. Now that it's over, now that you're pretty much back to O and O, what would you do different? Uh, not really. I'm probably, my biggest problem was when I first started was being mentally tough. Just keeping my head in the right place. There'd be some fights like uh, the Bo Priest fight. I still get down over it, but I just, that was a whole mental game. I feel like I got beat mentally. And, uh, I'm just saying that's it. It's hard to keep my mind right. 2011, you had seven of those fights. Do you feel like, because you were taking fights on short notice. I remember the, yeah. the Spartan fight you took on short notice. Uh, you took a loss there. Uh, you had a lot of fights. You fought April, May, July, August, September, October. That's a crazy schedule. Oh, uh, yeah. And, I mean, there was really no training. I mean, we, we would pretty much beat each other up but I was fighting. I mean, it was a good experience for me. Uh, I've only lost once since those fights, from, except Bo, that we've actually put our, put our head down and started going at it. But yeah, I took 
Well, did it help you get a girlfriend? Like, you go back to school and be like, hey, I fought this weekend. I'm an MMA fighter. I had had a big black eye. Got beat up. After the thing that beat us all was Jimmy Mack, so. Wow. How how you progressed since then. Got choked out, I guess. (laughs) It's, uh, like, now that you've consistently made that cut to 145, is that, you know, that as low as you're going to go, is, you know, will that be where we see you challenge, you know, uh, Jose Aldo in the future? Oh, I like 45 pretty easy now. Uh, I, I'm not the maybe top practice at 35, but I don't, I don't see any damn any time soon. I'm also around about 170. Is it hard for you? Because, I, I mean, think. you're pretty ripped. I mean, no homo, but you're, you're a pretty muscular Rip kind of guy. Uh, my last fight, I, after my water load and everything, I got down to 152, and that's all I had to sweat in the sun, and I made it pretty easy. I don't know. I lost like six pounds from the wa- from water loading, just pissing it out. <laughs> but I'm back, I'm about 160, 158. I saw you make. You made a post on Jesse Ray Childry's Facebook page. This said he got Carmen Carey. Promotionally, Carmen Carey. Yeah, that was kind of a low ball, I guess. <laughs> Have you talked to that yeah. dude since all that went down? No, but I know he's training and competing, so I'll do another amateur match with him if he called me tomorrow. What's the future like, man? I know that you, uh, this was scheduled. We've talked, you know, in person. Is there something set yet, or is you still kind of uh, waiting yeah. on contracts uh, and all that? November 1st, I'll be fighting uh, for Hard Rock in Shepherdsville. November? No work. Shit, yeah. it's, it's, but, it's May. I'm trying to get on the Type card for the 28th. Don't lose nothing in California won't, won't say nothing, so I don't know. But I feel I'm like I'm trying to You've been trying to get on turf boards as a pro since January. Yeah, but now the uh the brawl for August they said they might get me on too, so maybe the brawl or harder off turf wars if they still want me to on twenty eighth. Pretty much the same time. I'm in shape today. I'm sorry it happen. <laughs> where are you doing most of your training at now? I know I see you and Stephen Scott out quite a bit. Are you doing it mostly there in Powell County? Oh, uh, yeah, most of it. I went to, uh, I've had a couple guys come down. Bill Conley comes down every once in a while, and I, I go down to Georgetown. Like, I've been there on their open gym on those Saturdays. Really nice and up around here, yeah. Is Rick Border still imparting his knowledge on you, or is he retired? No, he is retired. He's still going strong, doing what he can. He's can, we, with me. can we expect a fight from him anytime soon? Uh, I'm not for sure. I mean, he talks about it, so he, he's in the gym like every day. He might as well. Who, I think he's letting his age take a toll on his mind. Oh, he is. He's laying down on me. I got to pick him up. Who's in the gym now? 
me and uh, Rick and Stephen Scott are pretty much only consistent every day. And uh, I have some CrossFit guys that I do conditioning with down here. But we'll have random people. Michael Cochran, in, he'll come in and get beat up for a while. And then we won't see him. But other than that, we have a few guys that they don't fight. But pretty much just us three. So I need to cross train as much as I can, but we're doing all right. But you're employed. Need yeah. money. No, no. I still work uh, three days a week. I don't get many hours. Still for Budweiser or something else? Yeah, it, uh, I'm even in Winchester three days a week now. So I was going to do something else here local, but it fell through. So they told me I could just come meet them three days a week. Maybe like 20 to 30 hours, not that much. Got it made. Got got it made and doesn't even know it. That's right. Oh, man. I'd like to stop I'm, through the convention down in Tennessee, too. 3FC? Uh, yeah. Or Volunteer Brawl. Yeah, they're, uh, I love those guys. I think you'd enjoy yourself. They they seem to treat everybody right down there. Yeah, I, I've been seeing those shows in the Eastern now. Well, man, I wanted to get you on here and at least give you some attention, even though the fight's not happening. I think, like, who, if this was a fighter on this, I feel like they would get in trouble. Who, what should happen to a promotion? Because this isn't the first time. This is like the fifth time that I know of. Yeah. So, I already did everything I had to do. And I don't know. I would say over chairs. They're nice. supposed to be having another show, and supposedly want me and Isaiah Thurston to uh, somewhere. Like he said in Isaiah's backyard, so I'm, I'm assuming around Shepherdsville. I wouldn't hold my breath on that. No, no, that's what I said. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't hold my we'll breath see. on that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, but uh, I'm just more concerned about mixed martial arts and boxing. That's just kind of like a little well, man, I appreciate you still uh, doing this interview. I'm bummed. I was going to go check it out. I like watching boxing. I mean, I'm not. I've I've been to the last last couple uh, future cards. I've been to the last couple double impact cards. So maybe we'll talk to Tom Hanson. And you never amateur boxing either, did you? No, that might just save my front teeth, and I'm mad about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, obviously you had some help getting ready for the fight and all that, so I want to turn it over to you to give any thank yous or shout-outs or anything like that you want to give, even though we don't have any chairs. Fucking I know. Chairs. No, I just want to thank everybody that helps me get ready. They know who they are. And my girlfriend's got to listen to my mouth. She gets my ass.
your fights either they end up not happening or now we've been strung out. So I don't know because you've not fought since February. That's that's in in yeah. combat sports. That's forever. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. I'm sure within the next couple of weeks something's going to happen. Well, uh, uh, as long as you're in shape. Remember, it's for reals now. Money's on the line. I, I you need a man. I can I can be your manager. For I know. Come on, I'll give you fifty if you just take care of me. Give me a hug every now and then. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we will uh, we'll catch back up when uh, when it's time for the next fight. Keep training hard and uh, and living the life, man. Twenty three years old. Hmm. I'm gonna do my best, guys. There you have it. David Crow is not fighting this weekend, but he's still in the in the gym training hard. David, have a good weekend, my man. Or good week, whatever. Good I don't know. It's Tuesday. Whatever it is. There you go, David Crow in the house. Nice out of the house. Um. So yeah. We are about to go to the archive portion where it really gets fun. And it looks like we may have a, another special guest who's in the queue. I don't know if he, maybe he's at work. I don't know if we can talk. We'll get some clarification on Jimbo Atkins' return to the show. Uh, but remember, you can give us a call, 347-884-9986. You can Skype in if you have that availability. Uh, so, yeah. Aaron Garrett, Carlo Kellum, Jimbo Atkins, Juan Valley, Gary Thomas. We're about to kick it off for uh, another hour. If uh, you so choose to jump in, say what's up. I want to say thanks to our great guests tonight, Matt Layshock, Nick Brown, Bobby Emmons, Jeremy Pender, David Crow, and last but not least, Mark Cherico. Don't forget the big fight this weekend, Pinnacle Fighting Championship number seven. So, yeah, it's on and cracking. Midwest Fight Series is Friday night, the 8th Second Saloon in Indianapolis. If that so be in your region and you're closer to that, whatever you do, just get out and support local MMA. Remember, you can catch this on the go on iTunes, on Stitcher, and now available on LiveSportsCaster.com. Tomorrow night, the Coyote Ugly Show will have a full pinnacle preview. I'm sure they'll talk about some amateur fights that I'm, I just don't know about. Oh, yeah. It's on and popping. Remember, BluegrassMMA.com for all your needs. On Twitter, at BluegrassMMA. I'm at Gary Thomas MMA. Juan, who's working his magic in the switchboard, is at the Magic Don Juan. And with that, we bid you adieu. We, uh, we come in the last couple seconds here before we hit the round table, Juan Valley. You enjoy the round Did you get, table. I do. Did you tell everybody where to find us? www.bluegrassmma.com. I did. BluegrassMMA.com, the mothership. At BluegrassMMA on Twitter. And also at BluegrassMMA on Instagram, where when I'm at live events, because Gary doesn't know how to operate it, and we're now in the recorded session. I have my own Instagram, uh, but I've not been provided the goddamn password for the BluegrassMMA Instagram, so quit bogarting that shit and give it a... Hey, how we immediately switch, and my demeanor changes, and I feel like I can be free. I don't like it. And you know what? You've been cutting out for the past like half an hour. So 
uh, F you and your retarded Skype, your your 56K dial-up connection down there in the sticks. I'm surprised you have that. Okay? Fuck you. Can't I, even I, upload stream to Twitch. What kind of internet service provider do you have? I mean, what, I two cans in a stream? We're connecting you. I mean, come on now. This is the 21st century. Get some good connection down there. Fuck it. I'm, I'm done. All right, let's bring in the round table. Is, is, is Jimbo working and listening? Can he talk? Uh, Jimbo can't talk. He wanted to uh, listen to David Crow talk because Jimbo doesn't care about us anymore. He only cares about David Crow. I said well, that. Uh, you heard that, Jimbo. I said it. It's live. Uh, let's bring on the regulars. Mr. Carlo Kellum. Carlo, what's cracking? Gary Thomas, Wine Valley. It's always a pleasure to be a part of the greatest website and fight show in the world. And our good buddy from the north, Mr. Aaron Garrett. Aaron, how are you? Hey, good, good. Hey, I got some bad news. We're canceling our show because we have no cage. <laughs> <laughs> Is this future promotion? Or is that Aaron? Uh, what I mean, yeah, for real. Like, Carlo, you, you, you're, you're in the uh, on the local boxing thing. How the fuck do you prepare for an event and not have any chairs? Well, Gary Thomas, that's the same question that I asked. Uh, <laughs> what was the answer? You know what? You know what? I, I even recommend. I said, "Hey, guys, just do it like Fight Club, standing room only. Fuck it, the show must go on. Do something Let's different. Be real. No chairs. Have everybody fucking stand." Let's be real. It wasn't going to be a massive crowd anyway. From what, it, from what I was told, I heard there were solid fights lined up for this particular boxing event. With uh, Nate Petty being one of the guys that we're used to seeing in action here. But I heard the card surrounding him was going to be pretty solid. That's what I heard. And I believed in it up until the whole chair fiasco. <laughs> oh, shit. Let's welcome in... Jimbo Atkins. Jimbo, what's up? What up, Gary Thomas? How you doing, buddy? Are you? Can you join us? Are you working? What's there? you got? Yeah, time? yeah, I got. A, I got a few minutes. Go ahead. So I all? guess that's the uh, the topic I want to start off with. Like we we've seen it in MMA earlier this year. Obviously, boxing. Te- Who the hell's freezing so far? Who the hell's what? Freezing so hard. That's not me. Might have been me. I don't know. I'm sorry. Anyway, keep going. Might <laughs> have been Juan. No, it's not Juan. But, uh, like, we see this constantly. We know fighters get suspended when they uh, when they don't show up to fight or they cancel out, especially the week of. Jimbo, let me go to you first. What should, what should happen to a promotion? Should they get suspended? Yeah, you know, um, that's that's really uh, nothing more than an organizational error, you know. I mean, the Ferguson brothers should go into chair rental. They've already got the cage rental business corners. <laughs> Maybe they should go into chair rentals to make some more money. But, you know, uh, that's it's not uncommon for a promotion to have to risk seats and whatnot. Uh, but you should, the, the promotion should be penalized, plain and simple. What's sad is I was going to try to go, and I wanted to do the comedy rat, the comedy battle. They were going to have like a some kind of urban comedy battle as well, and I was going to go and dominate that. But and you've done stand up. Uh, yeah, a few times. Uh, you know, I'm pretty confident about that. Yeah. Like Carlo on the local scene, how hard is it? 
I feel like I know more about like what Double Impact is doing, and they're bringing guys in from all over the country. How hard is it to match and get a, let's just say an eight fight? Because, I mean, hell, that would be a tremendous for future promotions. How hard is it to get that and get it to stick? It's hard to get quality opponents because, you know, I mean, basically you don't have to pay money to get a quality fight in boxing. You know, you can't pay. It's not like MMA where amateurs get they get to fight for free. You know, if boxing, if you want to get quality guys to fight on your card, you're going to have to come out of pocket for it. And uh, I, guess, I think a lot, a lot of times you see guys try to, you know, they take the, you know, the, the minimum payment amount and you get four fights. But if you want to get great action, you pay for it. And the, 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 the answer your question earlier, if you have it scheduled on the car, on the, uh, the Kentucky Boxing Federation website, and you cancel the week of, there should be a fine. I mean, uh, you know, Absolutely. I enjoy. Especially I enjoy if, if, it's a week, if it's the week of, because you can have other promotions who could have booked that date, and then you cancel the week of, you know, then somebody, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you should be it, fine. It, it goes back to what Gary was talking to about get David Crow, or what Gary was talking to with David Crow, is that, you know, that's money out of Dave's pocket. He... He spent money to cut weight. He spent money to train. He spent, you know, money getting ready for this fight, and now it's not happening, and that's just money out of his pocket, and that's really not fair. Not on a Tuesday. Aaron, What ha- what? what's the protocol in Ohio? Because ha- has anything changed since we started seeing these promotions start dropping off? Yeah, well, um, even in the beginning of the year, there was a new rule. I mean, you get suspended six months, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's a $500 fine. Ooh. So I mean it's, it's I mean that's within the week and then if it's outside the week I think it's only a, a thirty day thirty day suspension no fine. Yeah, I think you got to hold them accountable at some point. I mean because like, not only are they losing money but they they they're missing out on opportunities to fight elsewhere or whatever you know I don't know it's just weird because this isn't the first time it's happened with Future and obviously. Of everything, so you give them a pass. But when it's consistent like this, because boxing in Kentucky is just about dead. We've got Future and we've got East Coast Promotions are the only boxing that we've got. It's kind of crazy. Does anybody know what the amateur scene's like in boxing? Like USA no, Boxing? Well, Actually, a, pretty, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was say, right, go ahead, man. Well, there's a pretty decent uh, uh, boxing scene amateur boxing scene in West Virginia where, uh, you know, amateur mixed martial arts is illegal. A lot of those kids that would be that would be fighting amateur MMA are boxing. And, you know, amateur boxing requires the huge 16-ounce gloves and the uh, the headgear in West Virginia. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a pretty decent scene. When you go to these King of the Coalfield shows or some of the other shows, there's five or six amateur fights and, you know, five or six pro fights and, you know, a headliner or two. So, so it's pretty big. It's pretty good size here in Kentucky. On the other hand, just across the water, where all these kids can fight amateur MMA, you know, it's not as popular, obviously. Carlo, Louisville, I know, like uh, Throwdown, where Bulldog MMA is now. I, he came in. He was talking about, you know, where his guys were going for, to get these fights. Is there yeah. a scene there? Well, yeah, Throwdown. 